Hello, everybody. This is it. We are finally at the end of... Well, actually, we're not at the end of our Keanathon. I just thought we were because we've recorded oh, yeah. all the John Wick episodes. For us, it is. For officially. us, this is the end. Yeah. Um, until Patreon, where we cover speed in February. Yes. But um, here we are. What do you think? Should we go full spoilers or should we do the typical, it's a new release, spoiler-free first first like hour of this episode? What do you think? I mean, shouldn't we do it that way? That's how we do it. Okay, let's do it. So here we go. We're talking The Matrix Resurrections. Now, this movie came out, I think it'll be two or three weeks now on mm-hmm. the day that this episode comes out. And it's 2021. Comes out December 22nd on my birthday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's been 18 years since the previous entry in this series. Mm-hmm. And if you've paid attention at all, you know that this is a very divisive film. Yeah. A lot of people, I would go so far as to say, hate this movie with a passion. Oh, really? And it yeah, seems I haven't like. looked up anything like that. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of people love this movie with a passion. And it seems like there is far and few between. Okay. And you can guess, I bet the listener knows where I'm sitting at on this. And I'm on, after rewatching it last night, I think this is a masterpiece. And I don't even know where to put it in the Matrix pantheon as far as rating. Really? Yes. Hmm. We're going to get into it. Yeah. I think part of it is the shiny new, you know, where it's just sure. like, this is, I'm just excited. Sure. But, um... When we so we went and saw this on my birthday, yeah, got the tickets a long time ago. I've been amped for this, yeah, and we went to the theaters. I would say that pretty much everyone in the theater we were at loved this movie with a passion. Yeah, they were yucking it up during the movie. Yeah, one person would laugh very loud as if she was watching it in her home alone, <laughs> and would say, "That's funny." Yeah. Just stuff that I didn't find particularly no, funny. No, me neither. But there would be other things like callbacks to other things, and she would be like, <gasps> <laughs> "And yeah, it seemed like everyone laughed at a call every callback. Like, like it was almost like that's the only way they could express in the theater. Like, if they mentioned something that happened in a previous movie, they're like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah." And I was kind of like, "I don't think that's funny, but as long as you're enjoying it, yeah. that's cool." Yeah. Um, it was sort of a surprisingly empty theater, I mm-hmm. thought. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about the box office. I think most theaters have been surprisingly empty for this movie. Yeah. Um, but when we were watching the movie, so again, we're going to keep it spoiler free. There'll be a little light spoilers, but we'll have our spoiler alert theme. When we got to like the point where they're pitching what Matrix 4 should be in the movie, I was like... I cannot believe what I am watching. I love this movie. This is why movies are cool. Mm-hmm. And then there's a point toward the midsection that it kind of dipped for me a little bit where I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, but I still love this movie. But when we rewatched it last night, I did not feel the dip at all. Yeah. And part of it was because there was so much stuff I missed on the first viewing. Me too. And I would say about halfway through our watch of this movie, I thought to myself, I am so glad that because of our schedule... We have we have time to watch this movie again. Oh, totally. Me too. Because most of the, uh, all the other releases we've covered have been Marvel movies, 
And while I did enjoy seeing Spider-Man a second time, I don't know that I could have provided a whole lot more to the conversation we had Mm -hmm. two weeks ago on that. But this is like, there was so much that I missed on the first viewing. Same. And when we watched it last night, we threw subtitles on for most of the movie. Yeah. And that helped with a lot of the scenes too. Yeah. And I think I have a pretty firm grasp now on like the story and a lot of the themes and concepts and stuff like that. Um, But yeah. I loved it, and then I watched it again, and I was like, oh, this is way better than even the first time. Yeah. What about you? It was way better the second time. I still think that this is the worst one out of all four, simply because of the action. It was a huge disappointment for me. Yeah. Um, It was just a million quick cuts, especially like in parts where it felt like it really mattered, like someone gets hit and it cuts. Yeah. And it's like... That's not, I, I I don't know. That's not a Matrix movie. You got to have the, you got to let them breathe in it. Like, just I let know. them fight. And it was just really disappointing for me. And so I, I did like it the first time we saw it in theaters, but it was kind of like, I don't know. I guess it's good. I don't really know right, why they made right. it. And then watching it this time, it's like, you know, yeah, it's it's way better than I first originally felt. But um, there's just, it, it's just, I don't really care to watch it again. Like, if I'm going to watch a Matrix movie, it's probably never going to be this one. Really? Unless I'm going through it again. But yeah, it's like, why? the story is cool and the concepts are cool, but why don't I just watch one of the other ones where they're just as cool and interesting with better action? Sure. Yeah, I I think that's a pretty fair argument. I mean, we have new cinematographers on this Mm -hmm. movie, and we're going to talk about some interesting things about them, I think, in a little bit. Yeah. Um, But it is... Were they the ones for the boys or something? (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, but Bill Pope did the other three. Bill Pope is one of like the all-time great. You know, he's up there with like Robert Elswit. Well, yeah, and... he's like revolutionary because of these movies. Absolutely, and and there's I think this movie it's it's one of those funny things where it's like compared to modern blockbusters, this movie pretty much stands head and shoulders above modern blockbusters. But compared to The Matrix, it does not stand as high as The Matrix. No, and like watching this so closely after seeing Spider Man. Yeah, I just kept thinking of the two, and it's just funny because Spider Man, as you and I talked, it's just all fan service. Yeah, and and they but they did it well. They they really oh, did yeah. a good job with That's it. That's an amazing movie. And it's just like I would rather watch that any day of the week over this movie. Yeah, for so many reasons. But I, it's also not really fair to compare because yeah. it's just not the same. Well, what is fun to compare though, that is just ironic is Spider-Man comes out a week before Matrix Resurrections, Uh and Spider-Man is this culmination of what pop culture and fan and franchises have done to all of us, Mm -hmm. where I guess I got to do a little... Well, I guess I can probably avoid spoilery. Okay, there's going to be Spider-Man spoilers, too, if you haven't seen it. Uh, I think it's safe to assume that most people have seen it by now. Right. So you have this culmination of like, we're going to combine everything Spider-Man in the last 20 years. Uh Toby's in it. Andrew's in it. Like, the villains are in it. This Uh is crazy. And I think it was an, they did an awesome job. But it is this weird thing where this movie has the chance to do a similar thing. Yeah. And this movie is openly exploring like, what is the purpose of franchises? What is the purpose of rebooting something? And why should anyone care? Which I think is great, and they really did it well, especially yeah. when it's 18 years after. Yeah. Where, you know, it is like, I'm sitting in the theater and just thinking, like, but why did they make this movie? And uh-huh. then you 
learn some stuff, you think about it, and it's like, okay, so they were potentially forced to, or one of them decided to do it, one of the sisters. Yeah, we're going to... And, and yeah, it's I, just like, I, it, and watching it the second time, it's like, well, I'm glad that she did make it. And yeah. it didn't go fall into someone else's hands, and it would have been more like a fan servicey type of reboot, probably. Yeah, it's this it's, is it's like two, the best version of that. Yes, two total opposite spectrums. Yeah, of of like film uh, culture and like a buildup of twenty years. Yeah, totally opposite. Yeah, and it's what, true. What I like is. I've noticed, like, scrolling through Twitter and stuff, there's almost this, like, us versus them where it's like, well, we like Matrix, and you can have your stupid Spider-Man. And the other people are like, well, I like Spider-Man. And I'm like, you can like both movies. Yeah. They're both amazing. Let's have a little fun. That's No, the internet doesn't allow for fun. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem with the internet and posts is you get things down to a little paragraph so Uh you can say, like, this movie is stupid. Yeah, yeah. And that's why these podcasts are fun, because we actually get to get into something. So, you know, even if we don't like something, we explain why. It's not mm-hmm. just downgraded to 280 characters, mm-hmm. you know. But, um, so, the movie's directed by Lana Wachowski. Mm-hmm. Now, we have the, the Wachowski sisters, mm-hmm. and they directed the first three movies together. Mm-hmm. But Lily did not come to this movie. Yeah. And... Maybe I should just say why now, right? Yep. So, um, if I can find the note, uh, Lana, so that's the one who did make this movie, uh, had come up with, and and this is a quote from Lily. Okay. So, Lana had come up with this idea for another Matrix movie, and we had this talk, and it was actually, we started talking about it in between our dad dying and our mom dying, which was like five weeks apart. Oh. So, their parents suddenly died. Um, Are they twins? I can't remember. I don't believe that. Okay. And there was something about the idea of going backward and being a part of something that I had done before that was expressly unappealing. Yeah. I didn't want to have gone through my transition and gone through this massive upheaval in my life, the sense of loss from my mom and dad, to want to go back to something that I'd done before and sort of walk over old paths that I had walked in. Felt emotionally unfulfilling and really the opposite. Like I was going to go back and live in those old shoes in a way. And I didn't want to do that. And it felt like a new thing that I could go do and be myself in, more than go back and do the same thing that I sort of did before. And so, like Lana made Matrix 4 for different reasons. I can't speak for her, but that's what I was feeling at the time. That's really interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. I, I think I can respect that. Yeah. That feeling of going through so much and not mm-hmm. wanting to go back into a phase of her life that maybe wouldn't be great Yeah, for her. And um, and what we're gonna discover too, and I think I'll just go to this as well. Um, the so so Warner Brothers, ever since the Matrix came out, well, let me let me find my note here. Um, Lana said that every year Warner Brothers would talk to them about making a sequel. Every year. Every year. Wow. Because this is a money making thing, right? And um, as early as like 2011 there was rumors of they're making a sequel. And in 2015, the studios... uh, Lily says the studios are interested in returning to franchises, and Lana says that she thinks they may go ahead without them to make a sequel. Mm -hmm. So this is back in 2015. And then in 2017, uh, The Hollywood Reporter said that Warner Brothers was in early stages without the Wachowskis, and Zach Penn, 
uh, writing a treatment with Michael B. Jordan to star. Hmm. And I can't even imagine what kind of movie that would be then. I know. Like, unless they were just trying to do something just in the world. Well, they did. There were talks of like a Morpheus pre Matrix mm. movie and like expanding the no, universe. I don't want that. Oh, I don't want that either. Um, and then in 2019, Ron and Lynn Wachowski, their parents, yeah, suddenly die. And 2000 what? 19. Okay. And then Lana suddenly conceived the story of the Matrix Resurrections one sleepless night. Mm-hmm. And she says this. I couldn't have my mom and dad, yet suddenly I had Neo and Trinity, arguably the two most important characters in my life. It was immediately comforting uh, to have those two characters alive again. And it's super simple. You can look at it and say, okay, these two people die, and okay, bring these two people back to life, and oh, doesn't that feel good? Yeah, it did. It's simple, and this is what art does, and this is what stories do. They comfort us, and they're important. Hmm. So... I just thought that was really fascinating that like this movie to her is not only an exploration of franchises and all that stuff. It's actually like a deeply personal story about her parents Hmm. and if she could bring them back. Yeah, that's interesting. And it makes sense that one of them said, I don't want to go through that and make a movie about my parents because I grieved my way. And the other one said, this is how I have to grieve. Yeah. Both beautiful. Both beautiful, (laughs) both good. This is a good movie. Um, so then let's go back here. The movie is written by Lana Wachowski, um, and it's also written by David Mitchell, who is a novelist Uh who wrote the book Cloud Atlas that they adapted. Oh, okay. Um, and he worked on the show Sense8, which is the Wachowski show. Oh, that's a Wachowski show? show? Yeah. Oh, I don't know know if I knew that. I've heard it's good, and now I'm interested to watch it. Heard it's kind of nuts. Yeah. They canceled it after two seasons, so it'd be easy to watch. Yeah. Um, and then Alexander Hemmen is also a novelist and also worked on Sense8. We're going to hear a lot of Sense8 with the people on this movie. Um, the cinematography is by two people. Uh, Daniele Massachesi. And he is interesting, and I think this might speak to some of the issues you're having. Yeah. And I don't want to... This guy's good. I mean, I still think this movie looks really, really good. It's just the comparison of the old movies. Um, he is on a lot of camera and electro electrical department on other movies and TV shows. So this okay. So he doesn't have a lot of director of photography credits. Okay. He does have a few, um, but nothing that I noticed. This was the most notable. So I think maybe he's still kind of like learning it. It's okay. maybe my theory. Maybe that's not fair because he's been in the industry for a while, but he. He's been working on cameras well, rather disa- than directing them. I think it's kind of disappointing in the, di- the directing as well. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. And uh, and Lana did, she didn't use a second unit, so she was directing all of it. Yeah. Um, it just felt sloppy. It did a little bit, yeah. I, I mean, I agree with you. And then the other cinematographer is John Toll. And this was confusing to me because he did Braveheart, The Last Samurai, The Thin Red Line, and, mm-hmm. and Sense8 which is what hmm. all these people worked on. So I would think it would look a little bit better. Yeah. Because those are all really good-looking movies. Yeah. And what I mean by good-looking is specifically the action. Yeah. Yeah. Other stuff looked fine. 
Oh, yeah. I thought. Yeah, I mean, and there's a lot of, like, wow moments. I mean, I think the action sequence at the end, the motorcycle chase, looks awesome. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, then on the music, we have Johnny Klimek, who did Cloud Atlas, I, Frankenstein. and Sense8. I, I believe he did work on Sense8 <laughs> and One Missed Call. I just wanted to bring up that weird movie. Fun. Um, and then with him is Tom Tykwer, and they work together, but there's a few differences in their filmography. Okay. Uh, the music in this movie, amazing. Yeah, good music. The music ranks up there with the other three, yeah, which also good. have great scores. Uh, it has a $190... $190 budget? That's <laughs> I don't even understand that. A $190 million budget, and... Domestically, the movie makes a little under twenty-five at this point, and world right now today, domestically, it's made about twenty-five million dollars. Wait, sorry, what was the budget again? One hundred ninety. That is just a travesty. That's I know. terrible. It should never be like that because, as we know, with it, it, this movie, when it was released in theaters, it released in HBO. Yes, same day, and it's just like if Warner Brothers wanted them to make a movie so bad, why? would they ever release it on HBO the same day? Unless, like, they're getting screeners and they're watching it and they're like, oh, this is bad, which I don't think that they would think. Because I don't think they, so. Because they historically make so much money, so why would they not just have it only in theaters? I know. Well, and, and someone might be going, wait a second, because Evan brought this up the other day because I was talking about yeah. him with this, that it's like, you guys, but you guys were bombarding Christopher Nolan about Tenet. And how he wouldn't release the movie other places. But I think the difference is vaccines are now available. One. Yeah. That's number one with a bullet. Two, I think with with Christopher Nolan, he was like actively encouraging people to put themselves in unhealthy environments. Yeah. And the other th like Warner Brothers, if they did like a premium, like if you pay you like know, Disney Plus. Yeah, like thirty bucks, you can watch it at home. I think that would have made more sense. Yeah. But they promised last December that they were going to do a year of movies and I think they've left at least a billion dollars on the table by doing their day and date streaming. Yeah. I don't get that at all. And I would be shocked if they do that next year. Cuz 25 million dollars compared to that budget, like it's they have made it only change. I know. But there is something to be said for like people a majority of people don't like this movie because Dune was day and date and it was up against the same sort of thing where it's like, this is going to be tough to get people to go see Dune. And it still made over $100 million domestically. But don't you think if even if a lot of people weren't liking Matrix, if it was only released in theaters, more people would just see it? Oh, because I, they, that's the only way they can. I still think it would have it would have made a lot more money. I, I think it, like, it would have slowed down very quickly. Like After the opening weekend, it would have gone down a lot. Well, and, a lot of people don't like it. And potentially... You know, I think sometimes with the day and date and streaming and stuff like that, sometimes it like speeds up the the process of analyzing movies and stuff. Yeah, I, I I get where it's like something comes out and everyone just discusses it like crazy, and then it's trash after that. Yeah, and I I think if it was in theaters, there's a little more chance to like spread that out, or maybe like ah, maybe I should go see it again. Or, or you just pull it up on HBO and you're like, oh, yeah, it is crap. Let me, I'll just turn it off again. I don't care. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm theorizing. I don't yeah. know how much truth there is to that. But 
I mean, it was nice for us because we saw it in theaters, and then to rewatch it, we were able to rewatch it at home and watch it with subtitles. So that was really nice for us. No, it was. It's just I'm just thinking like it's crazy that Keanu Reeves is starring in a movie that's only made twenty five million dollars. I know. I know. That's crazy. But yeah, it's it it speaks to the day and day, and I think the reception of this movie. Yeah. Because I mean, I someone I followed on Instagram was like, "This is a zero out of ten movie," to which I'm like, "It's not a zero out of ten. What are you yeah. talking about? Yeah. Like." It's still a functioning movie. Totally. Even if you don't like it. You know, so people have like a pretty strong hate for this. Um, it's just funny because rewatching it, I was just like, I don't I don't get hating this. Well, I so get not like liking Ma- Matrix, it. Matrix, not it's definitely not as bad, but they kind of have the Star Wars fan base. Where like there are just some people who are Star Wars fans are the worst fans possible. Like I do not want those people in my corner because they pro- they will hate anything that comes out simply because they're making things. Yeah, I think that's just an internet problem. I th- no, I think it's I know I totally agree. You know what it's I mean? an internet problem because every fan base is now like that. It's like it's like Ghostbusters suddenly has this weird fan base, and I'm like, go- who was what? Like yeah. we're supposed to respect Ghostbusters like it's Star Wars? What are you talking about? Yeah, I don't get that one. And the Matrix, the Matrix, Matrix has always been kind of like divisive a little bit ever since after yeah. the first movie because they explored very interesting and weird things and like in the series they had to be in the human world because they had to. It'd be weird if they didn't. Yeah, it's unfortunately like the worst part of the whole franchise. <laughs> but even I'm like, you have to do that though. Yeah, I think like maybe they could have done it better, but I don't think I could have done it better. No. Is like how I've always felt about it. Yeah. But that's just stupid how little money it makes. I know. And I, and I do think that this is like, like this, I put this in a different category. This, this makes me think of like the George Lucas prequels. Okay. Of course, we can talk all day about how those movies don't work in a lot of ways. But at the end of the day, it's like the creator of Star Wars returning and doing more of his vision. Yeah. And so... Like, sometimes it can be easier to defend those than, like, the new movies, even though I think the new movies are better. Yeah. Because it's, like, but it's still his vision yeah. at that point. And I yeah. think this this can fit in that lane where it's, like, yeah, I mean, I can get, like, hating this if someone else directed it. But yeah. it's still the Wachowski vision. Yeah. So, like, let them be artists is yeah. kind of how I feel about this movie. Like, let her do her thing. Mm-hmm. And it's also a great movie, which is helpful. In that argument. Yeah. Um, so I got a couple more things here. Um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Fishburne was not asked to rep- reprise his role. Uh, and Henwick, who is Bugs in this movie, mm-hmm. Jessica Henwick, was offered a role in Shang-Chi or this. And she said it was a real red pill, blue pill moment because she had to choose which one she wanted to be I wonder which character in Shang-Chi. I don't know. I could see her being the Aquafina character, but I think no, I'm glad it's ca- Aquafina. But I think it's got to be like a comedian. Oh yeah, no, that's why. I, I think that's just that my guess. She made the right choice. I think she did too. I think she really Even though pops I in this love movie. Shang Chi, and she would have been great in that too. But I think and Matrix was the right call. They'll still put her in another movie. Interesting though that she has blue hair. So it, did she take the blue pill? <gasps> um, <laughs> and then Hugo Weaving was supposed to be in this movie. Oh, interesting. And he was in talks and everything, but they just they couldn't get the schedules to line up. Oh, okay. So 
very interesting outcome, though. I think it's cool what what they did with it. I do too. Uh, on upon second viewing, because on the after the first viewing, I was just like, "Why is this character in this movie?" And yeah. then we watch it again, and it's like, "Okay, now I'm on board with this." It, totally. I, I I think that it it does work. the The first that was one of the things though when I was rewatching the movie that I was kind of like, "How does that work?" And we'll talk about it in the spoiler section. Yeah. Um, Joey Pantiliono. Mm-hmm. He sent a message to Lana and was like. Hey, maybe I could be in the movie. What? And he never got a response. <laughs> Whoa, that sucks. How could he be in this movie? I don't know. But Unless they like programmed him. I, well, I think he probably was just like, hey, just so you know, like I would totally do this. Not Which, even a reply? Yeah, I don't know. That's just what he said. And, but it just makes me like him even more. Yeah. Um. Then So they started shooting this movie in February of 2020. Yeah. Obviously, that's right before COVID hits. And I think COVID kind of hit. Well, but I mean, it's shutdowns, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, and Lana had this to say. No, no. Jessica Henwick said this about the movie. Um, well, I'm sorry. Jessica Henwick said that Lana said this. Oh, gosh. Okay, well, maybe fine. that's it. Maybe we won't come back and film the rest of it. Maybe the new Matrix will go down as this legendary film, which incomp- which is incomplete and no one will ever be able to see. And maybe that's what this is meant to be. And we, as the cast, we're all going, no, we have to finish this movie. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then one of the Warner Brothers guys, James McTeague, said this recently. This is in a uh, an article that came out December 27th. He said, quote, look, I think when you've had a franchise with that much potential money-making capacity, capability, there's always talk. It's in the same way that the Marvel Universe repeats and turns in on itself, or you have Spider-Man, or you have Iron Man, or Thor, said McTeague. There's always potential to update these movies just because of the possibility of making the money and telling new stories. I shouldn't say it's just a purely fiscal thought, but yeah, look, there there was versions out there, but they hadn't landed on the right version. So when Lana eventually came back around and said, look, I'm interested in making another movie, of course they went with the filmmaker who was the genesis of Matrix. Uh, I don't care about what anything that guy says. Well, it's it, it's just very interesting, as we'll get in our spoiler section, because there are direct references to the forcing of this movie being made. Yeah. So with that, you, the, so, the floor is yours. Yeah, a couple of people that are in it. I know we have covered Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, but he is in it playing Morpheus, and he is wonderful and beautiful, and we both talked about how beautiful he was. <laughs> um, and then Jonathan Groff plays Smith. Um, he is also in... Oh, he's in Frozen. He's in Hamilton. Well. He's in Mindhunter. um and then jessica henwick who plays bugs she is in game of thrones um do you remember nameria sand no okay um love and monsters on the rocks um blade runner 2049 no no blade runner black lotus which is an animated thing okay i remember hearing about that um and then blood of zeus Iron Fist, Luke Cage, just everywhere. Oh, so she would have been that character probably in the in Shang-Chi. Colleen Wing. Do you know who that is? No. I didn't those are the that's when I dropped off the Netflix shows. Oh, I just mean because you read comics. Oh, yeah, that's true. Have I you do. read anything about Luke Cage? He's been in a couple Spider-Mans. I everything I've read of his is so lame. I think yeah. he's kind of lame. Yeah. But 
Also, I bet there's much better stories of him now because the stories I've read of him are like in the 70s. Okay. And right. a lot of times I just, it's just, I don't know. Right. So, uh, and then we also have Neil Patrick Harris who plays the analyst. He is in, of course, How I Met Your Mother. He's in Gone Girl, Star Tri- Starship Troopers. Um, he did a series of unfortunate events, uh, which as someone who didn't grow up reading those and never cared about the Jim Carrey movies, I did watch an episode of that show and it's really good. He really gets to access his Barney, his Barney from How I Met Your Mother in this movie. Yeah, he And does. it works really well. Yeah, he's awesome. And then Priyanka Chopra Jonas. Uh, when I looked her up last night, I was like, Jonas, that's odd. And then I'm looking at her filmography and she's in like Nick Jonas music videos. And yeah. I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> I had to look up who his wife was. This is Nick Jonas' wife. Cool. That's um, very cool. She is also in Baywatch. I'll pretend like you didn't tell me that yesterday. Whoa. I, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> she's also in uh, Baywatch, Mary Com, uh, Nick Jonas music videos, like I said, The White Tiger, um, and, and a ton of other. Oh, she's in Frozen but like some kind of promo thing that it doesn't make sense. She's also in Isn't It Romantic, Quantico, and a ton of other things. Okay. And I think that... Oh, I'll, I'll cover this guy too because I thought he did really well. Jude, the guy who plays Jude. Um, that works at the company. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andrew Lewis Caldwell. Um, he has a cool voice. I like does. his voice I like a lot. his voice. Um, he is in Haunt, iZombie, Unbroken, Path to Redemption. Welcome to Paradise, Danger Force, Death Loop. I would have guessed so, he so was many, a comedian, but those the, none of those are comedies. He's not, it looks to be like he's in a lot of cheesy things, but hopefully he can like break out into Yeah. I mean, if you're a Matrix, I know this movie didn't do well, but it's a great like thing to have of a, on your resume. A, a rite of passage. Yeah. I thought he did really well. And then I'm not gonna go over them because there's a lot, but I do really like that they got a lot of unknowns. Yeah. Unknowns to me. Therefore, I think that they worked intentional yeah. about getting a lot of people who aren't um, super famous to be on the cruise. Yeah. The crew, plural, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. I like the cruise. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, I thought that was just a, such an obvious, perfect choice. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, uh, I guess let's get into the plot. Sure. Spoiler alert. Okay, so the movie begins, and we have... We did get the code scrolling over the Warner Brothers logo like you suggested, or that you called. Yeah. I may have actually seen that that was going to happen anyway. Well, you've seen the other three movies, so you knew that that was going to happen. So not much of a prediction. Right. But you did say before they saw the movie, this is how the movie's going to open. Yeah, I said said it was going to, the code was going to come out of his cell phone, which would be next to him in his bed. Yeah. And it would be, it'd be, his phone would be going off because it would be like both saying symbolically and literally like it's time for Neo to wake up again. Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. And? This was way different. Yeah. One of the things that I thought was really cool is um, it's since we were able to pause it, it's 12 minutes before Neo shows up in the movie. Mm-hmm. And the first part of this movie is kind of like... It is it is it throws you into it much much of the way that the 
Matrix does. Yeah. Where you're kind of like, what is happening? Yeah. And then by the time you see Keanu, it's like, what in the world is this movie supposed to be? Mm-hmm. You know? Which so, could infuriate a lot of people or intrigue a lot of people. Yeah. And it's intriguing. Yeah. Objectively. No. <laughs> um, so we, we see... So, like uh, some images that are very familiar that seem kind of like reproductions from the first movie. Like we see someone who looks a lot like Trinity, but she's not. Yeah. So, okay, here's the question. Yeah. Well, okay, so it opens and they're scrolling code and you hear two voices. Like in the first Matrix, Trinity. In all of them, yeah. Oh, okay. But they're, it's two people talking and they're both saying that something looks strange, what's happening. It's an old code. Yeah, so we are brought into this like you said, kind of a flashback of Trinity in the first movie working at a laptop in a dilapidated building and police yeah. come. So why do you think they have a different actress? Um, well, because in an age, I don't think is a good explanation. That's not what I was going to say. Good. Um, but, well, for one, I think it would have been, it's more impactful seeing carry on Moss in the coffee shop. So like on a yeah. t- on a practical level, if you put her at the beginning the same way in the Trinity thing, I think it would be like, huh. But another thing is in the scene, Bugs shows up, and I think we said this earlier, but Bugs literally is Bugs Bunny. That's her name. Mm-hmm. She has ears everywhere is how they describe it, and she helps lead them down the rabbit hole. But also, she's partially at least the good part of Warner Brothers that's encouraging them to make the movie. Okay. Because they're watching... Matrix 1. In this scene, Warner Brothers is watching Matrix 1 with the operator, and the producers are literally watching Matrix 1, and they're saying, how do we make a sequel to this movie? Hmm. And so she's watching it, and and in the story, she's going, we've seen this before. We know what happened. She kicks their ass. But don't they say something like, why is this a, why are they making a less good version? Exactly. Yeah. Which, again, is like the commentary on on reboots. reboots yeah you know because reboots often i'm so dumb i didn't even think about that in this opening scene <laughs> <laughs> well reboots often t- kind of rehash you know think of the force awakens as the most easy one yeah because it's so obvious it's yeah. like it is the plot of a new hope mm-hmm. and that's what it does it but it establishes new characters and so this movie's analyzing like man isn't that lame when that happens yeah and they're literally sitting there watching the studio, or maybe it's the fan base, is watching the movie, and they're like, how come this is the same thing? It's just not as good. Hmm. So something like, maybe this person was recast in the movie to be the new Trinity, oh. and they're watching it, and they're like... That's why it's not as a, not as good of a diversion, because uh-huh. it's not Carrie Ann Moss. And I think, I think it helps, I, and this stuff really hit with me in the, in the second viewing, that um, Carrie Ann and Keanu and the Merovingian are really the only two people that are returning. Yeah. So unless I'm wrong, those are the only three returning actors. Keanu, Carrie Ann Moss. And the Merovingian. And the Merovingian. Oh, okay. So everyone else... Oh, and Niobe. Or, uh, oh, Jada that's Pinkett right. Smith. That's right. Yes. Oh, and we have the girl. But those are not in the Matrix. What girl? The, well, the, the girl from the train station. Sure. Well, okay. Well, well, I guess returning that's just, characters. Yeah. yeah, sure. Um, and so like when what clicked with me on the second viewing is Morpheus and Agent Smith. I was really confused about 
on a story level, why yeah. they were not the characters that we, the, the actors that we've previously seen. Yes. And we'll talk more about Agent Smith, but since Morpheus shows up in this scene. And he shows up as an agent. He shows up as an agent. And what we'll find in the next, in the next like sequence, when Keanu is working on the code, we find out that he subconsciously wanted to just run some old code, this modal, this like closed loop mm-hmm. being the Matrix movies. He's he's mm-hmm. running those. But in doing so, he subconsciously, because he's so tied in with Agent Smith and he's so tied in with Morpheus always looking for him, created this kind of quasi-Morpheus Agent Smith character mm-hmm. who's new but is based on the other stuff. So Bug, when Bugs find, gets to him and he tells her who he is and yeah. she's like saying that we were looking for him, they were looking for him because they knew that he he was looking for Neo. Yeah, because Morpheus is always on the quest to find Neo. Were they just hoping that Neo created him? Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't even venture to guess. Yeah, that's something that I. I I don't want to think about too much because I don't think it really matters. Yeah. But it is interesting to think about. Yeah. Like, like maybe there is a version because they. So you're saying that Bugs has ears everywhere. Uh It's kind of the her thing. So like she's really good at, I guess, finding certain things. Yeah. Or keeping her ears to ear to the ground. So maybe they they come across in the matrix this old modal, uh-huh. and they're like, let's just see what it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's what I think that they are saying is happening. Okay. And on on a story level, he created Morpheus because he subconsciously wants to be found. Neo does. Yes. And in doing so, he's so tied up in the coding of Agent Smith and his brain and all that stuff that he also intermixed some Agent Smith into him. Yes. Which is why Morpheus is not like tied to the actual character the the Lawrence Fishburne yeah now what I think there what I, what I think Lana's also doing with this is she's saying she's commenting on recasting in movies okay because we have the same character but she's doing it in such a way because the fact that Lawrence Fishburne is seen in archival footage throughout this movie I really don't think this is a situation where uh she ever envisioned casting him yeah, was there, have I read any quotes about, from him? He has said that he just was never contacted about the movie. Yeah. And I just think that, I, I don't think that's because they they didn't want to work with him or something like that. I think it's because she had this idea. Plus, when they finished Matrix 3, the Wachowski said, we'd like to let this live on in video games and like extra stuff. Yeah. And there was a video game. Yeah. I, th- I think it's Enter the Matrix, and Morpheus dies in the video game. Oh. So instead of them trying to undo the video game, they kept that as canon. So Morpheus died. That's interesting. Yeah. And I, but I think it works. Yeah. And it works as this, because this whole movie is this like weird commentary on reboots as well. Yeah. So we have that. They witness the Trinity thing, and they're saying, why is it? You know, the same, but not as good. Yeah, so they say that when they're like they're chasing her and she gets up to the roof and they start, they basically capture her. Yeah. So it is different, and they do comment on that. Yeah, and they're like, but it is different. What's going on? Need to mention that the guy who is like, he's in, he's in the chair, uh-huh. that kind of guy. I think it's it's really cool that he um, is present in the Matrix. The operator. The operator. Yeah. He's like there. And he's talking to them, but it, it's so simple, but they do such a good job of, but like, you know that he's not physically there. He's not plugged it's in. It's very cool. They, they, 
Yeah, because they they he's like sort of translucent, but he but not too much. I don't know. It was a yeah. nice effect. I really liked. Yeah, that it looks. Effect. Right. I think also what really helps is he's wearing is the his costume. Yeah, he would he would be looking so much cooler right. than he does. So right. you just know right away that he's not there. Yeah. Anyway, so Bugs gets Morpheus is going after Bugs. It yes. Chases her into this like key shop, which is just you know go into this key shop. And then go to this room full of doors and try to find the right door. So, yes, and and one one thing I sorry I had yeah. to say because this is a really important quote is Bugs during this whole thing before she meets Morpheus she says why use old code to introduce something new yeah which again if we're talking sequels why would you go back to the beginning in order to create something new and exciting why, or why would you go back to Who something did she ask that of she says that to the operator when she's witnessing okay. what's happening okay why. Use something old to create something new. Yeah. I mean, come on. Right right then and there in the theater, I was like, no way. <laughs> is is this what we're doing? This is crazy. Yeah. Now continue. So she Morpheus takes her into a into a hallway that we're familiar with, which is like in between. It's like an in between. Yeah, it's land. like the Matrix reloaded key maker area. Yeah. And then he takes her into this other really tiny apartment where she discovers this is Neo's apartment. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. she's freaking out because they've been looking for him. And but Morpheus is saying that there is no Thomas Anderson. Yeah. And basically she's like, he's out there and you uh-huh. just found him. Or like basically to me I read it as you found proof that he's the, out there. And well, but yeah. she has to convince him of who he is, I think, kind of, you know. Ob- I mean, obviously, because she is she is he has to take the red pill, blue pill. But yeah. Um because he says who he is, she freaks out. They've been looking for him. They got him, and then she offers him the red pill or the blue pill, and says something like, "One time, someone said something like, is it ever really a choice?' Depending on whatever pill you choose, which is an oracle thing or Morpheus yeah, thing. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, and and it, yeah, it's the illusion of choice. It's yeah, because because she talks about how when she took the pill, she was wondering about all these different like existential things, and then she realized that there really was like the choice was going to be made like she already made the choice before she decided whether to take a red pill yes. or the blue pill the choice is an illusion yes which is a theme throughout this whole movie so it's interesting that a a program takes a has to take a pill right and w- w- i mean i think him taking the pill grants him the freedom to exist in their world cuz remember yeah. he exists in the bead form yeah so I think that's what happens. I think so too. That. Well, and I I can understand. I mean, this is the very beginning of the movie for me, and first time seeing it, seeing it in theaters, I'm like, I don't know what the f is going on. Uh-huh. Like, is this guy real or not? I don't know. Yeah. And then he's in that magnetic bead form, and it's like, okay, I guess he's not real. And I didn't really think about the blue pill, red pill thing, but and watching it again and thinking about it more, it's like that's cool because they show in the human world that humans have, or, or this basically these humans have realize that it's not a us versus it's not an us or them it's a coexisting with sentience and sentinels and robots so yeah. like them giving a offering the choice of a red pill or a blue pill to a program like makes sense to me yeah well um yeah there was a there's an animatrix short mm-hmm. um where th- that is the case they uh, like a group of people go in and they plug in uh, uh, robots to 
um, one of their programs, and then they offer them to choice the choice to join them in the real world yeah. or to continue in the Matrix slash fighting against them. And I think someone's like, we should just take them or we should just kill them. And they're like, no, we always have to give them the choice because that's yeah. what humanity does. You yeah. know? And like some of the robots choose to help them. Yeah. And that part is super cool, but let's wait till we get there. Yeah. Um, so, so they get out. But, but well, it's just cool because like Morpheus talks about how he's seeing patterns everywhere mm-hmm. and he's touching the mirror and things are weird. And he has that line where he says, I am Morpheus and I'm searching, uh, uh, I'm Morpheus, and I have to find Neo. And then they take off. They're going to find Neo. Yeah. Okay. We covered the first part. Yeah. Then it zooms out of the code, and we see Keanu Reeves. They do show another thing that is pretty confusing earlier on, too, where she is saying, talking from her experience before she was woken up, where she's, like, cleaning a window on the skyscraper, and she looks up and sees a man about to jump. And when we first see him, it's just this bald guy. Oh, yeah, but right. But then it cuts, but then it's like the camera like cuts and it's Keanu. Yeah. So it is pretty confusing at the beginning. I mean, at first I just thought like she just, like like Neo is transcendent. He can be in anyone. That's how uh-huh. I took it at first. But she did literally see him, just the whole like his, the mirage of what what he is. Right. But, his, his DSI, I think yeah, is what they yeah, say. Yeah. At, at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, he's just an everyone." Like, but but I know they'll explain it. Yeah, because there's some other people who I think talk about their experiences with him too when they saw him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have all that, and then we see Keanu. Now, Keanu does a performance in this movie that is truly incredible. Mm-hmm. I think about our upcoming John Wick Chapter One episode, and our guest when we were talking about John Wick, he said, "Hey." When people say this guy doesn't have range, I point at this scene and I go, the guy doesn't have range? What are you talking about? And this whole movie felt like that to me. Like, if you are not a Keanu head, that's fine, I guess. But he's so good in this movie because this whole next sequence, it is like, I've actually heard a few people that thought that the twist of this movie was going to be that the first three movies never happened. I, I thought that for a little bit. Because his acting's that good. Yeah. I don't think you'd buy it if his acting wasn't so good. Yeah. For some reason, that just never crossed my mind. You, yeah. But, yeah. um, and that's not to say, like, oh, I was tracking more with the movie, but I just, mm-hmm. I just kind of, you know, I just didn't, didn't ever buy well, into that. Well, once they started kind of like leading you there to that wrong direction, I'm just like, I guess anything can happen. Yeah. They haven't made a movie in like 20 years. Like, <laughs> right. it could be anything. I was hoping that wasn't the case because that would suck. For the last, oh three, yeah, like it would, they would be n- meaningless, but um, yeah. So we're in. He is a head game designer of like a super popular video game that is the Matrix movies. And this is when I'm like, wait, what? Because now we're getting into some really meta stuff. Yeah. So like we we cut to him, and we also cut to his office, and he's got like figurines of like Trinity, Sentinels. He's he's got awards for his game making and. While they talk about the video game, they cut back to the movies a lot, as if like though like I mean those are cut scenes. Yeah. In the game, crazy. Yes. And what? So he and the transitions great too. So we're in that first part of the movie, and it transitions into code, and the code comes out, and we're looking at his computer. So he made the modal, as yes. we said. Yes. 
And then something pops up that like something's been breached in the modal, which I think is is them breaking them out. breaking out of the modal slash maybe it's just specifically Morpheus breaking out. Yeah, that would make sense. But I so I love so there's been people who have said that this movie just like craps on the originals and is you know just totally out of left field and doesn't respect the previous stuff. And I just think that's crazy. Yeah. Because it's always been about like the illusion of reality and the illusion of choice. Yeah. And thematically it's always been that and this idea that like the matrix movies themselves are a video game that people within the matrix can play that matrix yeah is crazy yeah it's also interesting to think about that too because at the end of the third movie with the war he made he made peace with the robots but basically only for that civilization Mm -hmm. he didn't make some deal that was gonna like stop the matrix yeah so obviously, it, like this movie would have it still. So I, I'm not. I know you're not saying anyone's specifically mad about that, but like if anyone is, it's yeah. like they don't. That's never. That was never part of the resolution, right? Therefore, why wouldn't they use Neo to make a new version? Yeah, it makes sense to me. It's great. And then what they do with Trinity is so good. Well, yeah, and that's the other thing. The the series also has like such heavy themes of love. So when mm-hmm. when we get toward the end and oh, there's all this love stuff, I'm like, yeah, this is this has always been there. I I don't see how this is a betrayal of anything. Yeah, there might be like nitpicky. If anything, stuff, it's a but... betrayal of the action. Yeah, but it, I mean that's not it's not bad. But we've already talked about no, it's that bad. A bit. It's definitely in, not bad. In my opinion, it's not good. Okay, bit bit hot. Uh, yeah. Um. So he gets taken to coffee by his employee, and they go to a coffee shop called The Simulator. Or, or Just called Simulator. Simulator. Just simulate. And it's it's like dripping code oh, yeah, out simulate. of a cup. Just fun Easter eggs. Yeah. Um. So he, this guy is talking to him, his name's Jude, about how his, his, this, his video game changed his life. He almost, it almost ruined his life. First time I played the trilogy, I was shook. And, and so and it was so great because he's like, I almost flunked out of seventh grade. And it's like, so the Matrix took over his life. Uh-huh. It's like layer within layer. Yeah. And him working for this place is even, you know, another layer to yeah. that character. To which, that guy might be a program. I I think they say that they're, the, they're using him. I think I don't think is. he is a program. Yeah, that makes sense. But he might be. He yeah. might be. I'd have I'd have to watch it again to know. Yeah. Fine. So I'll watch it again. <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss walks in with two kids and yeah. Keanu looks at her like, oh my gosh, it's her. And and Jude's like, oh that lady. Yeah, she's the, She's so hot. We yeah. gotta you and, should talk to her. I'll introduce you. Yeah, so he walks up to this lady, it's really awkward. They meet, they shake hands, and she as soon as they touch, she's like, Have we met before? Yeah. And the I connection's been made. Yeah. The spark. And then Micah poops his pants yeah, <laughs> because Chad Chad Stahelski. Stahelski comes in as a nice little cameo. And he is the director of John Wick. Mm-hmm. John Wick 2 and John Wick 3. And he is the stunt double for Keanu in the first three Matrix movies. Yeah. And it, he's married to Tiffany, who is Trinity's name in the mm-hmm. in this ver- iteration of the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, here's my husband, Chad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, she just, says Chad? Yeah, I his name is Chad. Okay, his name cool. is Chad. And I so just I lean he, over I and I'm like, that's, that's the director <laughs> yeah. of John Wick. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I think it's so cool. Um, also in this sequence, we also see... We see this reflection, and I like how it's set up. It's set up 
so that you notice it more the second time. Like, yeah, there's I a, still didn't catch it. But there's a yeah. reflection of Neo, and he looks like the old man that was on the roof. Yeah, but I didn't catch it both times. I was just like, huh? Yeah, it, it was just more confusing. And then when you know what's going on, you're like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. Um, but that encounter is very uncomfortable and weird and so confusing. Yeah. And and the, I so I was just trying to figure it out as I'm watching it for the first time, and I'm like, I wonder. I I didn't think that she was alive. I thought that she was still dead, mm-hmm. and that they had created just like a code or something. Yeah, she was a new simulation of Trinity that somehow ties Neo to this world and to this fantasy that of this is reality. Yeah, um, I think I I think I was with you on that. Yeah. So then they go back to work, and he is work. He's at his computer again, and something else happens. Like another thing pops up that something else has been breached. Yeah. He goes back to work at the game company Duas Machina, by the way. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and I feel like whatever pops up is almost like whoever is there, which is like Bugs and her crew, you know, it's just they're trying to like wake him up is what it feels like. Or like, yeah. or it's even like Morpheus is coming. Yes. He's finding you is yeah. what it feels like. Yeah. And he's interrupted for to have a meeting with his business partner. Yes. Who... So we're going to find out that he... And they say, show us right away. Yeah. He walks into his there business is, there partner's... There's no illusions of, of those kinds of things. business partner's um, office. Yeah. And he is quoting Agent Smith mm-hmm. from the sequels. And, and the way they cut the flashbacks together back and forth with Hugo Weaving's dialogue and his, mm-hmm. really cool. Yeah. And I think Jonathan Groff does a great job of doing his own thing but he's also doing the diction and speaking the way Hugo Weaving does in the movies yeah. without without being um in the in the class of mimicking yeah you know and so he sits him down and he says here's the deal our subsidiary company Warner Brothers yes they mention Warner Brothers by name in the movie is going to go ahead and make wants us to make a matrix 4 and if they and th- yeah. If we don't, they will yeah. without us. And that's when I'm like, okay, this is maybe the coolest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. This is this is so meta, but it's also, I think the because sometimes meta stuff like this can get really annoying. Yeah. And I think because this movie is a good story, even without the meta commentary, and it's so like, like all the Wachowski stuff I've seen, it's so hard on its sleeve. Yeah. And um, earnest. I think I, that this stuff is cool, whereas in other movies that try to do this sort of thing, I'm like, I get it. You're winking at the camera. Stop. Yeah. But I could see how someone could be a little annoyed by this whole thing, but this was my favorite sequence of the movie <laughs> because it, it it was oh, it was mind-blowing, I yeah, thought. Yeah, it's crazy. Because he has to make it, and um, there's some more flashbacks and Keanu is so uncomfortable in this scene. So he's having like a nervous break. He's about to have like a nervous breakdown. Yeah. And it cuts to him being in therapy and his therapist is Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. He's got a blue suit on and blue Blue glasses glasses. because he is the representation of the blue pill, Mm -hmm. the unreality. And he, he basically explains to him like you're triggered he brought up this game. Remember, you you are a suicide survivor. And he's like, there was a time where you couldn't distinguish between reality and delusion. Okay, now we're getting a little bit more meat uh-huh. at what happened. So, so you know, throughout we're going to find out that the Matrix has convinced Neo that 
he just lost control of his mind and he's crazy. Yeah. And none of that is real. Yeah. And so, and he asks him if he wants his prescription refilled. Yeah. And the prescription, of course, what are they? Blue pills. Blue pills. Love it. Then we get the writer's room. My favorite scene of the movie. A great montage. A great montage. And just, it's wild, like, looking at this scene and imagine, like, watching the first movie and thinking that this scene is going to be in the series because it's so strange. Uh-huh. And it's going around. There's music playing. It's um, it's the one from the trailer. Yeah, They're like, I... one pill makes you a... stronger. Is this written for the movie? Slash, no. is this a cover? I don't think it's either. Oh, okay. It's um, a good song. Because on a threedom, they were singing the song. Oh, okay. Like, but it was before the, the trailer came out and everything. Okay. It was about something else. It's, it's so, like, moody. It just feels like a cover of, like, yeah. a Johnny Cash song or something. Yeah, I don't... I don't, I think that's the song. Great. That's um, awesome. I'm sure... Probably Sean Muir is going to let us know. Yeah. Thank you in advance, Sean. So what's great about this montage is they have so many people giving their opinions about what The Matrix is. Yes. And so much of, like, it, it represents this political thing. It represents this personal thing. It represents this... The Matrix is about guns guns mean mayhem there's got to be guns yeah. guns guns and they bring up all these theories and themes that have been brought up for years about the matrix what people loved was it was original it was fresh and it's all things that actually apply to critic thinking on the matrix yeah. movies and you know a lot of most people are like it's it's like you said it's fresh it's original it's complicated uh-huh. There's a lot to figure out. And then you have that one guy that's like, to be honest, I don't like all that stuff where you have to think. I just want guns and I just want to fight. Yeah. But then someone brings up like, but that takes out the whole heart of the game. Yeah. So great. And then it's intercutting with Keanu taking pills. Yeah. Uh, trying to, I think, just have a happy life that he just can't attain. There's nothing well, he can do to get there. He's also like doing things that happened in the other movies. You know, like he's in the shower pretending to do bullet time. And it cuts to that. Yeah, and so it's like he's he's just trying to figure out what in the world is happening. But like, what do you think about, you know, it cuts to him drinking. And it doesn't seem yeah. like he has a drinking problem, but maybe, I I don't know. It's just like he he's drinking scotch at yeah. night. He's eating a big-ass steak with some fries. And yeah. then he he is trying to do kung fu, but falls lands on his coffee table. Like, what do you think about those solitary moments that they show? I think be because they're interspersed with him trying to do things from the Matrix, I, I think it's him trying to reconcile what his brain is telling him is true and what his analyst has told him is true. Yeah. And then also, because the analyst said that this is triggering him, so he's going, maybe it's triggering me. And I and then what did you say that you think he's like trying to I'm just try be happy? I think he's trying to be fulfilled by working out trying yeah. to be healthy, working out, eating a good steak. But then it shows him in his bathtub and he looks sad. Yeah. I had not thought of the happy part of it. Well, and I, think, I, th I like that. I, like I think that. it hits home more when much later on into the movie when Neil Patrick Harris is having his whole monologue. Uh -huh. And he's pretty much saying like, we found out that the key was that we had to keep you guys, him and um, Trinity just far enough apart that there was still this pull to each other yeah. because like that, that, generated so much energy yeah so I, I think that is him just trying to find fulfillment and things when he fulfillment like there's other parts in that montage where they show how close him and trinity are 
in proximity. Yeah. Like they, they eat at the same place. They go to the same coffee shop. Uh-huh. They walk on the same street. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's so close, but yet so far. Yeah. There's also this one shot that I is just like, it's kind of haunting where he's, you know, struggling with what is reality. Are the machines after me again, whatnot? And then he's in an elevator and everyone is on their phones, just not talking, basically proving the point that Neil Patrick Harris will say later, where it's like most people don't care if they're enslaved. Yeah. And the movie's making the point that like these people are attached to their phones and that's what they're enslaved to and they're fine with that. Yeah. And crazy. And also in this montage, that we a couple <laughs> times it's a pretty long montage. It is, it is. It cuts to a couple times to Sati, the little girl who is now yeah. a woman, but uh that it cuts to her a couple times and she works at the restaurant that he's at, that he is he that he frequents. Oh, right. And at the but like the first time we see her, she's reading Alice in Wonderland. Duh. Uh and then we see like they seem to have like a some kind of rapport where she is almost like, I know you. Yeah, she's trying to feed him information. I think so. And I think when and watching this in theaters, I was just like so curious because I was like, oh, I recognize her. Who is that? Yeah. But obviously I'm not I don't know who she is yet. You know, I like, know, but no, but I want to theorize uh, the point in the uh, in the scene before he sees uh, Agent Smith. And we were talking about like maybe Morpheus or someone like broke into his matrix. Uh-huh. I bet sh- I think she breached it. And she got in. Oh, that makes sense. And that so the first time it was them breaking out, and then the second time there's a weird glitch in the system or whatever, it's because she broke in. Well, we know that she's been in for a long time because she reveals that to Niobe, and Niobe like freaks out and is like, How come you kept this from us? But and do they specify how long of a time? No, or? no, they just okay. she just basically says, like, I've known the whereabouts of Neo and Trinity for a long time. And the and oh. Niobe's like, How come you wouldn't tell us that? And she says I think she just, to her discernment and better judgment, it, like, wasn't the right time. Okay. Is what I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. Or things she said, but, Although, yeah. I actually, I'm going to stick with mine because we find out later she can, like, view things from distances. So this is, maybe this is when she decides to actually plug in to meet him, and that's when she breaches. Sure. Combined with yours. Yeah. So, I just love all these details. Um, so, okay, so we does need guns. montage end with him not taking blue pills anymore? Well... Um, no, okay. no, I don't think so. But, uh, like well, no, he sink. dumps him in the sink. Yeah, he does dump him in the sink. But that that's almost more of a, like, I just don't know what's yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we have Jude, who's like, you can sum it up into one word, bullet time, bullet time. And it keeps cutting to different writer's room where he's like, bullet time, mm-hmm. bullet time. What's the new bullet time? Which we'll find out in this movie, they attempt to do a new, quote, bullet time. With Neil when? Patrick Harris moving faster than oh yeah than light not light but you know what I'm talking about um and then we have the coffee shop where Trinity and Neo sit down and talk mm-hmm. they have a, another meet cute well this this is the meet cute yeah well and <laughs> well this is what I find is it interesting okay, okay okay so they've been going to the same coffee shop let's just say for years let's imagine this is reality you uh-huh. know and it's like. She, the scene starts with the barista asking her, is it going to be the usual today, Tiffany? And she says, I'm going to go crazy. I'm getting a cortado. So she starts basically like starts her day doing something different. Okay. And that's when she runs into Neo. Uh And that's so like, because she made one, it's like the butterfly effect because she made that one 
just random different decision that broke from her norm she had coffee with him it's i just wonder if she had her usual yeah yeah she would just go on with her day yeah and they would pass by again yeah so they they have coffee they're she's talking to him about his video game and we see this was big for me because we see her reflection and she looks like someone else yes because in this sequence she's going to go on and talk about how she looked up the game and she's asking neo like did you write yourself into the game into that character and he's like yeah probably a little too much uh-huh. and then she's like can i ask you another question or can i just basically be honest like she's like i've the the woman in the game uh-huh. like i basically I like says her. like what i like her <laughs> yeah she likes her and she feels like she's very similar to yeah. her she even feels like she looks like her and then yeah it cuts to the reflection and you can see yeah it doesn't look like her because she's a different person yeah it's like she's seeing her true self yeah so she she thinks she and then she says that she told her friend like don't i look like or maybe her husband her husband she's like don't you think i look like her and he laughed and it's like well of course he laughed because she doesn't look like her because okay so the first time we watched it i was just like i just didn't catch the reflection me neither and so i thought like it is a like I was just letting the movie do its thing, but I was like, it is a little weird that she's sitting down with this guy who's clearly her stalker. Yeah. If if she looks, if Carrie Ann Moss looks like Carrie Ann Carrie Ann Moss in the video game and all the stuff, then she'd be like scared of this guy. Oh yeah. But then when I saw the reflection, I was like, oh, she, her identity looks different too. So she would watch the game and she would not think, oh my gosh, this guy's stalking me. Yeah. You know. So, um, it's just how we see ourselves in characters of fiction all the time. Yeah. It's, and that's it's why we love stories. Such a great detail. Yeah. And then she said she gets mad at her husband and wanted to kick him just hard enough to break his jaw off. Mm-hmm. So there's this weird tension and, yeah. and, and, and whatnot. So uh, do you have anything else on that? Scene? I don't think so. Okay. Um, then we have what I'll dub as agent Smith's awakening scene. Okay. Because we're now, we go back, or I think he gets a call that that they need, no. He's back at work. Back at work. And an alarm goes off. No one really knows what's happening. We just got to clear the building. I think it's Morpheus. Yeah. Well, he gets a text to meet him in the bathroom. Oh, he gets a text from Morpheus. That's right. And Morpheus comes out and he goes, at Um, last. What do you think about how different Morpheus looks? Well, first of all, he looks awesome in he this looks orange suit freaking amazing mike and i were talking while we we're watching this movie about how beautiful yaya abdul mateen the second is uh-huh. he's just a beautiful person yeah and then the fact that he gets to wear the funnest outfits yeah man, i love that guy well and so it's really cool because in this scene he he comes out of the toilet stall and he goes at last because that's the first mm-hmm. words that Lawrence fishburne says to and neo he's, he's doing a good impression he is and then he says something to the effect of like I couldn't resist. I had to do it. He's he's much more expressive. Yes. Than Lawrence than the other Morpheus. Yeah. And it's just this cool thing where and I think like talking about his costume, it's like he wants to be the old Morpheus, but he wants to be like himself too. Yeah, he's like I mean he is a new version. Yeah. Of him. And so he's basically saying like he offers him the red pill and the blue pill. Well, first of all, Keanu was like, no, 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 this isn't real. Right. And he, he lets him touch him to just solidify that I am physically here. Yeah. Which is, I, now that I think about it, is so confusing, but not really. Uh-huh. But, like, Morpheus isn't real. 
Yeah. Keanu shouldn't be able to touch him. Right. But because we're in the Matrix, doesn't matter. He can, of course, he can touch him. Right. But it does, do you know what I mean? It's just, it's. That's a little confusing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's fun to think about. But the, so him, I, I, sorry, I had to go back to this really quick. The, him saying the at last line, he also says like, it's a callback and I couldn't resist. Yeah. And again, if we go back to the reading of this movie being a commentary on reboots, they're literally talking about how like this scene happens and people can't resist to do the scene where the character come back, quotes the same thing, but this time it means something different. Yeah. And it's not just doing that because it's not just a fan service moment. Yeah. In fact, apparently a lot of people think it's anti-fan service, even though it's not. Um, anti-fan service? Because people think this movie is like a not good. Okay. Like, yeah. okay. Um, so he offers him the red and the blue pill. To which Neo freaks out. Yeah. Because it is, he's, he's doing things and acting in ways to him. Like these things shouldn't be existing because Neo created them. Yeah. And his, from his perspective. So yeah, it's like, yeah. what's this crazy person doing here that I recognize as Morpheus offered me a red pool and a blue pill from my video game. <laughs> right. It feels too real. <laughs> yeah. And so he's starting to have like a psychotic break, although he's not. Yes. And then Morpheus. So then we hear like disembodied voice saying like, we have no time. Like you got to get him out. Uh-huh. And Morpheus puts his arm through the window. And they, so, you know, in the other movies, they would travel in between the matrix through a phone. And this movie yeah. is mirrors yeah. and windows, I think. Yeah. Which is cool. Uh, but dudes bombard, like. I think it's actually only mirrors because they, uh, that makes sense. in the train, they don't do the windows. That's true. Yeah. Um, but agents come in and thwart their plan. And then when that happens, now this was, uh, I didn't quite get this, but Agent Smith was not awake at the beginning of the movie. He didn't know he was Agent Smith. Yeah. And he comes out, and he's in a blue suit, okay? Once again, red pill, blue pill. And behind him, there's a huge amount of red light that is that is show, Whoa, shown cool. down on him. Yeah. And then he sees what's happening, and he sees a gun, and then the, the sprinklers go off because a cool explosion goes off. And he's, like, imagining his fights with Neo. And then he recalls who he is. And he screams, Mr. Anderson! And grabs the gun, uh-huh. walks up to him, and, and I think he says something about, he's remembering what he was, and he's, yeah, 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 I, never mind, he doesn't say anything. So here's but, the interesting thing I think about Agent Smith, yeah. that I, we were talking about while we were watching the movie. Um, we po- this Because we'd we already seen it once, we pause it so constantly. much. We turned a two and a half hour movie into like a three and a half hour movie. <laughs> um, so... In the old in the old movies, the in the first three movies, Agent Smith is programmed to basically like take down anomalies at the beginning. Yeah. You know, you know, anyone who has, has any chance of waking up or understanding that this is all fake, take him out. Yeah. To which they discover Neo is like the one and is like, that's the one and only one we have to take out. Yeah. And through that, he also becomes a bug, to which he becomes a virus and he in- starts infecting the matrix. Uh-huh. And taking it over. Yeah. And then he gets cut down and stopped. Yeah. And basically that's how the third movie ends is he's like, I will stop Agent Smith if you don't kill the humans. Is like the deal he makes with the machines. And I'm also remembering, which makes this work even better, at the end of The Matrix 1, remember he kills Mr. or he kills Agent Smith. And then when he shows back up 
in Agent Smith, basically, like, their coding is now intermixed. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And that yeah. makes more a lot more sense with this movie. You mean the third movie, not the first movie? The first movie, he kills him. By doing that with his hand? He, he stabs him. Oh, okay. I and then remember. he returns in the second movie. Yeah. So all that to say, now we're in this fourth movie, and it is like, when I was watching this for, for the first time, I was just thinking, what's the point of this character? Yeah. Other than, like, you feel like you need to have him because it's Agent Smith. Right. But in rewatching it, it's like, okay, so he he does need to be here because it's like, in a way, he is still controlling Neo. Uh-huh. Like, he isn't taking him out and, like, um, like killing him or something. He is just making sure that he fits into his tiny little box uh-huh. and doesn't wiggle or move anywhere else. Yeah. And by doing that, he's his business partner, like, a very close person to him, which is a very creative and interesting way to keep him in control of Neo. Yeah. So for him to wake up and like actualize and remember who he was, it's almost like, oh yeah, I'm just supposed to kill this person. Yeah. I'm supposed to eradicate the problem when in this new version, he's just controlling it. Yeah. Cool. I love it. It's awesome. It it, it makes it, it was something. Yeah. I was completely lost on all the agent Smith stuff. Mm -hmm. The first viewing. Yeah. Um, but then we're back in the analyst at, uh, Neil Patrick Harris. Yes. Hard cut. Hard cut, as as Neil's about to get shot in the head. So, here's what I am wondering about. Okay, wait, what happens directly after this scene? Uh, the train is at next. The train sequence is af- after the analyst scene. So, But, like, it cuts so hard to the analyst scene. Did you ever wonder if that other stuff even happened? I think I do think that because they're talking, and the analyst said, if we went to your office right now, what would we find? Uh-huh. And Neil says, probably nothing. Which yeah. means that none of that stuff probably happened. Or it was the program was fixed. Program is fixed. To where that didn't happen. Because otherwise, Agent Smith would not be awake in the movie. Yeah. So that stuff did happen. All, all of that sequence happened. But it didn't. and uh, Like, or he convinces him that it didn't. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, he convinces him it doesn't. That's what I mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were asking if... No, I like, know what, I know what happens in our story. I Oh, yeah, I'm just yeah. trying... Because the cut is so hard that I know the first time I saw it, I was like, I know that happened, but I think they're trying to say that. Like, they, yeah. they rewrote history in the last hour, and that never happened. Yeah. Yes, that that is exactly what's going on, I okay. think. Um, And then it cuts to him on the roof. Okay. And he has a bottle of whiskey... And he sees a pigeon fly away, and he's like, "Dang, that should be easy. I can and do that." When he when he jumped off the building, uh-huh. and you know everyone's like he's trying to kill himself. In his delusion, he was trying to fly. Yeah. So, in this instance, he's again like, "I can do that, right?" Yeah. And I am so the flying thing at the vi- so at, when he. Got the video game award. Uh-huh. I'm assuming he finished the three Matrix video games. Uh-huh. He walks off of a building. And Bugs sees him fly. Isn't that what she says? I can't remember, but she might have. So uh, I think... We never actually see what happened. We never actually see it, which I is kind of cool. I think that means nothing happened. I think, like, the the Matrix prevented him from dying, prevented him from falling. It's almost like a glitch happened and he's waking up in a hospital bed and they're telling him what happened. Yeah. When other people like Bugs, who are so close to waking up, sees that he did fly. Yeah. But she can't prove it. 
Yeah. I think that's what it is. I, yeah, yeah. Because we also find out that he is not able to fly here. Yes. At least at that point. Yeah. Or at, at some point in the movie. I like, I like what you said, though. Yeah, yeah. So then Bugs comes out, prevents him from jumping off the roof. Mm-hmm. And she's basically like, come on, follow me. You're who we've been looking for. And then they're on a train to Japan. Because if they move, people have a hard, the machines have a harder time tracking them down. That's why they are on the train. Yeah. And so they're on the train. And it was then, interesting. This is the first instance of them saying of an actual location they're at. I was just cu- right. I'm a little curious why, other than like it's a fun nod to maybe like the anime. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, but and all the other movies, they don't even like hint at what this is, other than city. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Interesting. And then they go through a portal in the train. It was interesting that there were people wearing masks on the train. Only some of them, though. I know. I was confused by that because they they filmed a lot of this during the pandemic, so I was. Maybe they were just like, hey, if you're high risk and want to wear a mask, even though we tested everyone for the scene, you can. Or something. Oh, I don't know. That makes sense. One of the masks was Matrix Code, too. I, know. <laughs> that, that, I don't know why, but that just really confused me. Yeah. Other, but also, other cultures before this would wear masks That's the sometimes. only thing I can so, think of. And we're, you know, we're Americans, so we still are like, masks, we notice them. Yeah. <laughs> just because it's... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about math. <laughs> no, I don't either. Um so they get off the train and then he walks through this like curtain in like a theater and the scene from the Matrix where he gets the red and blue pill choice scene is being projected on a screen. Very cool. Come on. And then he has to again Love make that the it's choice. In a theater like you said. Yeah, I mean we're on a stage. All of this like commentary and just all of this, it's just so interesting to approach the material like this. Mm-hmm. And I know I just I just think that alone is is worth the making of this movie for someone to take something that's been done so many times, revisiting something old and doing it in a way that was so fresh that I had no idea what was going to happen in a single scene in this movie. Mm-hmm. I I never knew what was going to happen in this movie. Same. It it has a similar feeling to like the f- the first Matrix. Not quite. I'm not saying it's as good as the Matrix, but it has that feeling of like this is original, yeah. even though it's based on old stuff. Like this story hasn't been told before. What What's also good about it too is for how complicated it is. It's still a simple story. Yeah. And discovers that his lost love is not lost and must find her. Yes. That's it. Yeah. Um. But then. This this is where they explain that he they changed his DSI so that everyone sees him not as Thomas Anderson or Neo yeah but as this other man who is some like balding guy yeah and so that's why no one has suspected any there's there's been no like foul play yeah and what we're gonna I I feel like I I, I don't know if you agree with this but it feels like the the analyst Neil Patrick Harris in this movie. It almost feels like he has like his own little city, and that's the city we're living in. Hmm. And and it's not like the whole world, but it probably is. The Matrix right? has never felt like the whole world to me. It's always no. felt like just a city. Yeah, and I think it's one of those things like watching Dark City. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which we watched recently, where in that movie, you know, he's like, "How do you get to Shell Beach?" 
And if someone's like, oh, you just go, I don't, I oh, can't remember yeah. how to get there because it doesn't exist and no one's ever been there. That's what I think if you were in the matrix and it's like, we're going to like, I want to get out of town, but they never actually get out of town. Yeah. Okay. I love that. I don't know. That's, that's a great theory though. I love that. Um, and they also explain that it's been 60 years since revolutions uh-huh. and somehow they've kept them young. They don't know how uh-huh. we'll find out later. Do we find um, out? Well, it's because of like the resurrection stuff and all that resurrection stuff they resurrect them from the dead oh that's right they like made them yeah and they and they make them several times i forgot yeah um and then in the mirror he sees neil patrick harris and he's like it's not happening none of this is real and he's trying to pull him out of the mirror into like the matrix and he's trying to pull him out and um like as he's doing that, it's showing footage from the first movie where the machine is taking over his yeah. whole body. So yeah. it's just all this like, what is that called? Like poetic, like symmetry, I guess. Sure. Yeah. Where it's just, oh, it's so cool. So Bugs saves him just in time. Yeah. The mirror shatters. Does he ever take the red pill? Does he take the red pill right before that? Well, I don't. I don't think he does. Does he? I just don't remember I, right now. I just can't remember. Yeah. But again, I think Morpheus says something about like. But the choice is just an illusion. There is no choice. Yeah. Come yeah. on. Then they're back on the train. Yes. And everyone's fighting them now. Yeah. Got a nice little action sequence. Of course, it's fun because Bugs, for some reason, they were just like, you need to do a ton of flips throughout flip this movie. Constantly. Because that's what Bugs Bunny would do. <laughs> <laughs> and this is also when they introduce swarm mode, which it, which later we'll find out is sick fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some of the dialogue in this movie is like kind of cringy, but also I just kind of like it because it's endearing. Yeah, it's also it's like, oh, a computer wrote that. I don't know. I think yeah. I think it works. I think it works too. I think the first time it stuck out more, and the second time yeah. it really didn't to me. Yeah, same here. But swarm mode is sick fun. Did stick out as a pretty bad. But line. I feel like because Neil Patrick <laughs> Harris delivers it, yeah, so I yeah. feel like he's he is just mimicking humans. Yeah. Like, like he's just yeah. like making fun of us, but he knows it works. Yeah, I'll take that because I'd rather not. It works for me. So they're fighting their way off the train. They have to go through this tiny mirror to get to the yeah. reality. And Neo wakes it's up. It's all about perspective. The closer you get, the bigger the mirror I love will be. that. That's great. Um, the operator. I got to see that guy in more stuff. He's great. He's so good. So he, Neo wakes up in his, in a pod. Yeah. It's Slimy, never gross, not gross. Like a newborn. I love it. And he is taken away by machines yet again. Yes. And then we have maybe the biggest surprise of the movie. Jada Pinkett Smith walks in. Oh, well, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, as the robots are taking him away, he sees another pod. Like, he's in this, like, area where there's only two pods. Right. And then he sees the other one, and we do know that at that point that it's Trinity. Her eyes open, and she tries raising her hand for him. Yeah. So it's like she does one out. Yeah. And then he goes away. He gets to the ship. I don't remember what the ship is called. I don't either. But um, meets the crew. Well, actually, at first, he's not, like, doing well. I'm assuming it's the shock. So they have to plug him. Oh, yeah. I forgot about a lot. Yeah. So they have to plug him back in, but they plug him into, like, Morpheus land. Uh Uh-huh. Which is, we have been there in the first movie, I think. As like where they train. Yeah. But and, and by the way, as he's like as he's like dying and they're not sure if he's gonna make it, Bugs comes in. Folks, remember Bugs, and she says, What's up, Doc? 
Bunny. Yeah. Reference to Bugs Bunny. Yeah. And then then we have Morpheus and Neo in the... Well, what is Morpheus saying to him? Because, like, they're in that little area of just white. And Morpheus talks a lot. And there's a TV. And it's showing the old movie. The old fight between Morpheus and Neo. I don't remember. That's what okay. It's me saying. neither. So then they go to the dojo. Uh huh. That's great. Yeah. It looks great. And they fight. And he's kind of like trying to kickstart Neo's memory uh-huh. of like, you know how to do all this. Yeah. And Neo's like, I don't though. And all of this is cool. I do think that this scene is the most glaring of the action problem that we were talking about. This scene? Yes. Oh. Because. I, I think that it's a, it's a pretty decent fight, but because the first movie's dojo fight is so epic and really, oh, I understand really, that. really intense, when you get to this one, it's a little like, oh, this feels a little like you're going through the motions. This is like maybe the one point in the movie where, where the referencing of the other movies didn't quite work. Yeah. And I think it only had to, not the story, but it had to do with like, I wish the action was shot better. Yeah. And when he does finally, like, force field him, that part's really cool. Yeah. But that part for me, because it's such a stark contrast, and it's, like, literally the same fight sequence. Yeah. I mean, not the same moves, but that's why that one... Accomplishes the same things. Yeah. So he does wake up. Uh Uh-huh. And so we're coming to terms with he was in the Matrix again. Yeah. What the heck, guys? One thing, one thing Bugs says is the, the Matrix weaponizes every dream, every idea, mm-hmm. which works for the story. But again, I think that they're saying how studios and Hollywood weaponize every dream, every idea. Yeah. Nothing can just be what it is. It has to be monetized. Yeah. Awesome. Um, and they go to, well, they, he meets the rest of the crew. Like I said before, I love that it's all a bunch of newcomers. One of them studies Neo. There's like a group of people that only study Neo. It's Neoology or something? <laughs> yeah. And then we meet Morpheus in that metallic bead form, which they say is like a new technology, uh-huh. but it like allows um, sentience to, to be in the human world. Yeah. Or in reality, I guess. And um, then we go to Io, which is just the two letters of Zion. Without the Z in the end? Yeah. Just like, you guys could have come up with a different name. <laughs> yeah. Unless Io means something that I just don't know of. And I, I, don't, I don't know, know either. Um, they they do, because, you know, in the, Neo's like, why are there machines here? You know, that's my first question. And they explain the piece. And I just think this is a really good example of them honoring and accepting everything in the Matrix franchise. Yeah. Because it would have been really easy to return to this and just be like, oh yeah, all the machines are bad and it's kind of the same as it was before. But they're saying like, no, the humans actually kept the peace. Yeah. And and the 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 the, the machines did as well, but maybe they were manipulating more than they'd like to get credit for. Yeah. But they actually are allowing peace between the machines and the humans. So yeah. it feels like actual progress happened between three and four. Yeah, I kind of wish that um, a sentinel octopus squid one was on their side. That would be cool because they just look so cool. Yeah, I just love it. <laughs> what did you say when we were watching it and we saw them this time? Oh, just that they look just as good as the old movies. Yeah, 
Or or you mean like the old movies hold up so well to them now? Because like like it looks because usually when you look at at new things, new movies and franchises, it's like, well, they've really come a long way. This looks better. Uh-huh. And this movie looks really good, of uh-huh. course. But it's like I think the animation looks the same in a good way. <laughs> yeah. Like like with the with the Sentinels, it's like it still looks really good. Yeah. Because that was my one of my biggest takeaways with the old movies. Yeah. Was how good that looked. Uh huh. Love it. Um, so they go to Io. We meet Niobe. We meet she Niobe. is still alive. Were you like kind of shocked that she was in this? Yeah, I was. And she's a very old. Mm-hmm. I was. I was confused that she was in it in yeah. a, in a good way. It was like exciting to me. I was most confused, which we another moment where we had to pause the movie and discuss. Uh-huh. I did not remember Niobe never believing in Neo. Yeah, because she says that she never believed in the one. Yeah. And I think I had the only thing I remembered was like I think she was skeptical, but by the end she really came around. Yeah, but I guess not. Well, and and like like we talked about yeah. the other night, I think that in the next line, Keanu says, "Well, you you believed in me enough to lend me a ship because he lends yeah. her a sh- him a ship to go have peace with the machines." Um, so that's kind of him saying like you you did believe, you know. But I think, and he- then. One more yeah. thing, sorry. Um, and then I think I think there's something to be said for, like, you know, if someone witnesses a miracle or something miraculous that they can't explain, like, when it happens, they're like, oh, my gosh, maybe they, they dedicate their life to that thing. But to some people, after a couple of years, a couple of weeks, going back to the normal job, the miracle, they're convinced that it really actually wasn't that a miracle. Yes. You yeah. know? Maybe there was a bug in the system, and that's why we have peace. I don't know. Yeah, you know. So, I think it's that. But yeah, no, you... that that's what I was gonna say. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so she's taking him around Io, showing him stuff. They have they've been able to like they invented the sky. Yeah, which is a nice touch. And like real food, like strawberries. They're yes, working and on. they have another bead metallic metal. Uh, magnetic <laughs> dude who is to to show like one they are working together but uh-huh. also that that program has been able to bring in like genomes like dna of things yeah. that have allowed them to grow them in reality yeah without him i i think she says something like we wouldn't have been able to make this progress yes um and uh let's see morpheus busts him out do we? Oh yes, I I remember what I wanted to say. The first time watching it, I was a little. I felt kind of the Zion lull again. Yeah. Second time watching it, didn't feel a lull at all. No, still just like the least interesting part of the movie to me. Yeah. But I agree with you. I did not feel it as much the second time. So they do have to imprison Neo because so before they make it to Io, Neo is telling them like Trinity is there. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we know she's there, but we can't find her. And we didn't even know we could find you. We burned our one shot because the our... robot had to like uh, like get Neo out and they yes. can't do that again. And so someone says like, we can't find her yet. So basically this crew is on board with like, okay, fine. We're going to figure out a way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Niobe imprisons him, imprisons him because it's like, I can't, you're, you're going to risk all the humans. Yeah. By just being here. Uh-huh. So it's like, and I was, when that happened, I was so nervous. I'm like, is this the next 20 minutes of the movie where he's just in a prison cell? I feel like that happens so often in reboots where you get the star back and most of the time they're just on one set. 
for yeah. like 20 minutes and it's so boring. Oh, you, do you have any, can you think of any? Not, the not top at the of top head? of my oh, head. Okay. Sorry. Bummer. So maybe I'm wrong, but it just feels like that yeah. a lot of the time. And, or it's just a cameo. Yeah. You know, and then they just, they bust him out so fast. I know it's the next scene. Yeah. They bust him out and they're like, we're going to go do this. And I, I can't remember where they go next. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Morpheus says something about like, you can stay here and wait for Trinity to die and never get reunited with her, or you can go with us, but that's not much of a choice, is it? Yeah. Yeah. So he gets on and then, um, the big thing. Oh yeah. This is when they go into like that weird warehouse area. Yeah. But a big thing they establish before they find her and everything is like, you have to be okay with her not wanting to come out. Yeah. Which is something they kind of reiterate until they get her out. Yeah. That's like, like at a certain point it becomes her choice. Yeah. So it is like interesting that throughout the movie they're saying like, it's not really a choice, blah, 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 all this stuff, but it is a choice. Uh I think like, it doesn't like the moment you make it, you probably made it 10 steps ago Uh is the interesting thing. Yeah. it, It is kind of, it's like paradoxical. Yeah. You know, it's this loop because, yeah, they're waiting for Trinity to make the choice, but then the whole movie, they're like, there are no choices. Right. So, um, but yeah, so then they go to this scene, and this scene, the first time, I thought was incomprehensible. Same. Um, and watching it again, I was like... This is the worst action of the movie, is this whole scene. This, including the Smith fight, is so boring to look at for me. Yeah. I just, I, I don't really know what's going on. Um, uh, and it's still better than most modern blockbusters. Can we agree on that? It's just not interesting to look at. It's it's such quick cuts. It is, but it is it is better. I it's don't just know. Not as good I really as Matrix. don't. I really don't know if it is. I really think it is. Okay, fine. We disagree. I think we just disagree. everyone's shocked and gasping and are like, "Holy crap! They're gonna fight after they're done recording." What? And the, oh, we will. This is the oh, end of the Macabre Podcast Universe final ep. Whoa, what are you saying? The fight's going to be that big. Okay, sounds worse than that. I just really disagree. Okay, I really disagree. Um, So then Smith shows up, and the exiles show up, and who walks out but Mr. Causality himself, the <laughs> Merovingian. And you know what? It was kind of nice to see him. I agree. It was. It was just like a you son of a bee. <laughs> <laughs> well, and he's like he's like washed up now. He has long hair. He's crazy. You actually cannot understand anything he says. No. If you, it felt like they were saying, "Hey, we know you couldn't understand anything he said. We're gonna amp that up as a joke." It actually and we felt like on a joke. Subtitles. And he talked so fast. You had to. He really was still read. wasn't really saying. He wasn't really. He was making nonsense. Yeah, he was saying stuff like, like, books used to be better. Art, films, they were better. Now it's just franchises, franchises, franchises. So he's also yelling about yeah. Hollywood and stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> but then the exiles are attacking them. He's fighting with Mr. Smith, and we're kind of learning that, that, yes, they are linked together. We, we already kind of talked about that, mm-hmm. but we're learning some of that. I think, oh, man, Jonathan Groff is cool. Mm-hmm. And I... For those that don't follow us on Twitter, the at the Macaw or Macaw Universe at Macaw Universe, um, not podcast. That's our handle. So, oh. but yeah, you could just look up Macaw Podcast Universe on Twitter. Uh, I think that Jonathan Groff would be a great Mister Fantastic when they ca- finally cast for we the Fantastic about that? Four. 
I mentioned it to you, but I don't know if you said anything. Is it anything. because he is has the same charisma and looks so much like Glenn Howerton that we feel that? Well, because there there was an announce, there was like a thing that's probably not true that said Glenn Howerton. I think that's was fake, Mister Fantastic. Yeah, I think it's fake too. There's no actual. I, I saw the same thing, and I saw it as wouldn't it be fun? Yeah, I saw it as like leaked announcement, oh. which I never trust until they announce. Okay. But but then in the movie, when you turned to me and you said, he looks just like Glenn Howerton, like his brother. Uh-huh. For those of you who don't know, he's one of the stars of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Glenn uh-huh. Howerton. Um, I thought, oh my gosh. he Because I think there's a little too much smarmy with Glenn Howerton oh, to I be Mr. That. Fantastic. I get it, yeah. Although. I could see it. I could see it. I have not read any Fantastic Four comics, yeah. so. Because actually, he can be pretty smarmy. Really? Yeah, um, just because he knows it all, and and that's that. Well, he that's is that. pretty fantastic. Yeah, um, but I think Jonathan Groff would be better because he he's got a little less baggage. Sure, totally. Um, and that's what you kind of want when you do a new superhero, like when you're yep. trying to kickstart yet again uh, the Fantastic Four. Oh, please, I hope Fantastic Four is like the best. It. <laughs> There's been so many Fantastic Four movies, and they're great comics. They need to have a good movie. But I, that is my pitch, and he's young enough that he could do a lot of movies. Yeah. A lot of movies. All you got to do is just put that sweet little white streak on the sides of his face, sides of his sideburns, and he'll look just like him. And uh, But I know a lot of people say John, John Krasinski and Emily Blunt should be Mr. and Mrs. Fantastic. Yeah. And that would be pretty cool, too. Because the chemistry would be crazy. I have crazy. a hard time imagining John Krasinski as a superhero, though. Yeah. He's so goofy. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah, now he's a cool guy who fights <laughs> aliens. <laughs> well, not anymore. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um. So, Art used to be better. He's yelling. They have, So, Smith and Neo are fighting underground. They're having their own fight. It's still boring. But Neo starts doing a force field, mm-hmm. and this, I'm going to say, is my favorite force field I've seen in a movie. I think so, too. It, it looks, looks good. It looks great because you can see what's happening, and there's, like, particles popping off of it, but uh, but it's not, like, it's not like a new bubble or a new shape. No. And, again, Marvel, hire Jonathan Groff, and then when, uh, when Invisible Woman starts using her powers... Make them look like this. Yeah, this looks, looks good. it looks very natural. Yeah. And then you mentioned something interesting about Did there's I? a there's a moment when Neo runs on the walls. Yes. And he runs exactly like she exactly runs in Matrix like she One. Ran and he, and Trinity ran. And you said you think at this moment he is tapping into her or she's tapping into him and assisting him. Yes. I, I think this is when he you know, whoever is like starting to get like the power, their their connections growing stronger. Yes. And I think that this is also foreshadowing a little bit that she is the stronger one now. Yeah, in this version. And then he proceeds to kick Agent Smith and breaks his jaw yep. like she said she wanted to do. So he's tapping into her now. Great. We're good. Um, then we have the motorcycle garage. And this scene is crazy. Mm-hmm. Jordan. So second time around, so they do a very interesting um, frame rate effect. Yeah. Uh, in especially this scene, but in a couple other parts of the movie, and in theaters, I was like, I don't know what I think about this. Yeah. I didn't feel like I liked it. Rewatching, I'm on board. It's yeah. cool. I like it. So he goes to Trinity to 
I don't know, try to awaken her, try yes. to tell her everything, all this stuff. And then time stops and the analyst shows up. And this is when he gets going to start explaining everything. So in a nutshell, not a nutshell. Uh, this is a new version of the matrix that yeah. is essentially powered by Neo and Trinity or it revolves around them. Yeah. Although all the other humans are also enslaved uh-huh. in it. Um, and he is determined that the the best way to harness human energy is through emotions. Mm-hmm. So he, it sounds like it's, oh yeah, he says hope and despair are, are the same coding. Are the same coding. Yeah. So he's, it sounds like he's created a world or, or basically their world is so close between hope and despair all the time. He's dangling yeah. that carrot in front of both of their faces the whole time. And that's what's powering this version. Uh-huh. And then what? And then he talks about how they took their bodies and they recreated them. Yeah. Why? Because he was making this connection that if he kept them close but not too close, their emotions would be enough to power the Matrix. Which explains why she's not dead. Uh-huh. And yeah. why he's not dead. Yeah. Which, it's funny because... I never thought he was dead. I never thought he was dead either. Um, but they do make it clear that he was dead. Okay. Like he did die. But then they show a couple of scenes where he said, if we, and whenever I got the equation wrong, it wouldn't work. And you, like, cause, and it shows a scene where they're being made and they touch. And then it seems like they killed him and then yeah. they resurrected them again. Yeah. And also, it's just cool because the movie's called Resurrections, and I did not think there would be literal resurrections in the movie. Yeah. I thought it was just like, it's the Matrix again. It's called Resurrections. Cool. Um, So they are powering it. Their love is powering it. That's, you know, as simple terms of it. And so uh, Neil Patrick Harris gets to be Barney again from How I Met Your Mother in Mm -hmm. this scene. Very much so. Yeah. Alone, neither of you is of any particular value, but together you create the energy. All that we we learn about swarm mode is sick fun, and then he can move really fast. And what makes it very fun is yeah. in the first, so in the first Matrix, first three movies essentially, Neo is the the one for everything, and every anyone involved is it's like destiny as well, but it's really Neo. Yeah. And this version, and it's kind of like the analyst, this is like a flaw in his plan. He also creates Trinity as the one. And it kind of argues oh. that the whole time that she's also been, it's not just been Neo, yeah, like she's yeah. been just as integral. But I think that's like part of the flaw in his design by giving, by by like harnessing that power. Yeah, that is very cool. I like that. So what's with the bullet thing? So the what's he illustrating? Like basically how much control he has, because he he shoots her, and the bull's traveling toward her, and Neo's trying to stop it, but he's too slow. And, and then he he does it. stop it. Um, well, yeah, I think that's just like a power that he has. Yeah. And then he's also basically threatening him, like I'm gonna kill her. You you need to come back to the Matrix. Yes, that's right. Um, and then we're back in the real world mm-hmm. and Niobe arrests them all mm-hmm. and then we meet the girl from the train um Sita Sita and she shows up through like a robot messenger like a flying manta ray bird thing yeah cool and they go to 
like her part of the world or something. Which is just this nice meadow with a well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and so now the stakes are if Trinity dies, so so the stakes are he resets the matrix. Um and like like uh, wait, what is it? The uh it, they're going they're going to reset the matrix if he doesn't turn himself in, which mm-hmm. would kill Trinity. Mm-hmm. Or he could try and get her, I guess. You know, so he doesn't really have a choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's the choice thing again. And then they're asking for volunteers and everyone steps forward and they're like, yeah, we'll do whatever you say. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now we're we're doing a body heist. <laughs> yeah. We have to we have to go in get Trinity and get her out. But yeah. we have to let her make a choice. I think the pacing's pretty good. Yeah. It doesn't feel slow. Well, it, and it's nice that they're just explaining it as they go and it's just doing it instead of how yeah. sometimes like a poorly done heist thing will kind of like explain everything and then you have to watch them do it. It's yeah. like we already you already talked about this. Yeah. Or or you have like I don't know, some sort of like zombie heist thing and they never do anything for 2 hours. And you just turn it off because... Well, we wouldn't know. We never stuck around for two and a half hours. And we only stayed for 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, she's explaining what needs to be done. Like you said, meanwhile, they're showing you what's being done. Yeah. Uh, so Morpheus needs to break into the actual area, physical area where Trinity is being kept. Yep. And um, that allows bugs to get in somehow. Yeah, there's something with, they, they like, all... they have to, like, transfer consciousness. Oh, yeah, so they need to transfer consciousness, and they're the closest match. Yeah. And they also use a lot of lingo that is kind of like a thing that bother that is annoying to me in sci-fi sometimes, yeah. where it's like, no, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But also, it's like, I get it. You but it's also have fun to do it. at the same time. I know. I just, I think I feel like I'm getting old. <laughs> it's like, just say what it means. <laughs> <laughs> but then... Then we have the scene where there, there's a the coffee shop is full of cops and the analyst, and Keanu walks in, pretending like he's you know, giving himself up. He has his cool posse with him, and then Trinity shows up, and then I'm trying to remember exactly how this comes down. He's telling her, "Okay, it's real. Like you can come with me," and then there's like a family emergency, mm-hmm. and at the the first time I thought. Oh, this is so weird how they're delivering their dialogue. But the family comes in and they're like, oh my gosh, she just got hit by a car. What are we going to do? The chance of her surviving. They've gone to the hospital. Duh, 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 yeah. duh. And I was like, that's so like jilted and weird. Yeah. And then I thought like, oh, it feels like it's programmed that yeah. way. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, now it's cool again. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, I have to go. I have to go. And then as she's leaving, Chad grabs her and he goes, come on, Tiffany, let's go. She's like looking back. Yeah, and she says, don't call me that. My name is Trinity. And the music swells. Uh And it's like, let's go. Yeah. And then Trinity and Neo are running toward each other. I love Neil Patrick Harris' face like drops. Uh And then they touch and it like a shockwave comes out. And then we're off to the races. Yeah. Big fight scene. I think this is so cool looking. Okay. the, the, The giant crowd. Yeah. Like slow-mo. I just, those like slow cut or yeah. whatever pauses. It looks so good. And it's just that this is the best fight scene part. Uh, it is. Action part. Um, and the motorcycle. Well, it's just like they spend so much time on this part of the movie. They couldn't get around to doing the other stuff. It's just sometimes it's how it feels to me in action movies. Yeah. Um, 
But if they, ha- I guess if that's true, they did it, we're accounted. Yeah. But everyone's fighting. Uh-huh. And the analyst is freaking out. There's a really cool effect where when they transfer Bugs' consciousness to Niobe... Uh, oh, uh, Trinity. Trinity. It, like, spreads her out as she's screaming, and then she's fighting, and then it goes back into Trinity, and it spreads her out again. That was so cool. Mm-hmm. Then they hop on a motorbike. Mm-hmm. And she's driving. And he's on the back. And they're trying to avoid stuff. Their posse's trying to help and all that stuff. And then they initiate swarm mode again, which is kind of like the new bullet time. Mm-hmm. I think earlier I said it was the analyst doing his thing, but I feel like this is what, like, they're literally calling it swarm mode. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be the new bullet time. And people are, <laughs> they're jumping out of buildings and their eyes turn green and then they f- jump down and smash and hit the ground and like explode into coating. Uh-huh. This and it's part like is cool. Kind of gritty and nuts. And yeah. I'm glad that they put the coating touch in there. Otherwise, a little too gritty. Yeah. Because um, the bo- the weight of the body, yeah. I mean, I've never seen a body fall from a skyscraper. Thank goodness. But it felt like that is how it would react. Yes. It really, oh, it's intense. And then and then the operator goes, um, they're turning... Um, they're turning bots into bombs, uh-huh. and right then and there, I'm like, I, I, if there was any doubt before, mm. that line alone is enough for me. So this is the best. They're running through the streets. The crew is with them, like, like tailing them, trying to fight off, yeah, all the people. Um, very cool force field stuff still with Neo. I forgot one thing that happened in the coffee shop. Uh huh. Mister Smith shows up. Uh huh. And he says, um. He he kills the analyst. Well, he, well he, sh- he shoots him, and he's like, "This is where our alliance ends." That's right. But, but right. you awakened me. That's right. So, like, I, basically, I owed you this. Yeah. But n- now we're enemies. That's but right. he doesn't show up the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool because that feels satisfactory to me. But if Definitely. they do make another movie, I think they could do a lot with that. Definitely. So now we're motor motorcycling around. Okay, back to you. That's kind of it. I mean, it's hard to describe action, as everyone knows, but uses more force field stuff. That's really cool. Vi- some cool visuals. Some of the crew almost dies, but they get saved. Yeah. Um, and it ends on top of a building. So Helicopters, shoot missiles, and he's he's using his force field on all this stuff. Yeah. And the slow motion force fields get out of town. Yeah, so this is just cool. Neo and Trinity at this point. Yeah. And they, it's like, they don't know what else to do. Neo, I think, is like, we're going to try and jumping one more time. Yeah. They jump off the, the building. The music right here, so good. Yeah. So good. And they're falling, but they're stopped from falling. And <laughs> Neo, Trinity is I mean, flying. Trinity is flying. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's like orchestral. It's crazy. It's just uh-huh. this beautiful moment. Also, folks, you can look up actual footage of them shooting this shot because they had wires set up and they actually (laughs) shot i i don't know if it was stunt doubles or not i would imagine maybe it wasn't because they like to do their own stunts they shoot them out into like the middle of the streets and then they it shows like keanu drop and she's holding him and they really shot that scene so cool, man. And it, <laughs> and this, it looks so good. It, it this is kind of a funny makes touch. Sense. So, so like, she can fly. Great. Helicopter shows up, cuts to her, and she says, bye. Yeah. And they just fly away. Mm-hmm. And she, they both, everyone wakes up. Yep. 
in the real world. They kiss. And they kiss. Great kiss. Yep. We love a good kiss. And things are all good, right? I think. But then they go to the analyst. Uh-huh. And this is when you you, you said, um, what did you say? Like, when this happened in the theaters, I thought, Oh, is there another like twenty minutes? Of oh this yeah, movie? I I had no bar- like I couldn't figure out how much more we had. Yeah, but what happens is they meet the analyst, and now they have the power to control the matrix. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, you can try and control it all you want. You can make rainbows. You can put them anywhere you want. But guess what? People like to be controlled, yeah. and they like to be slaves. And they're and then." Trinity's just like, we didn't come here to ask permission or anything like that. We just, I don't remember why she said they Other came there. Other than this but, is, this, we're the new sheriffs in town. Yeah. And and her acting great. It, it's cool because it really shows the shift in dynamic where she's running the show now mm-hmm. in the sequence. Mm-hmm. And and Neo's just like, do your thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, she breaks his jaw off, you know, mm-hmm. and she keeps on snapping and like recreating him. Mm-hmm. And, um, then they fly off together, having conquered the Matrix. Yep. And just as I had guessed before going to the movie, they definitely made this a la New Hope-ish, where it's a complete story, but if they want to make another one, and I know Warner Brothers at least did before the box office receipts came in, Yeah. they can, and it, it would be pretty easy to jump right into another movie. Yeah. So... I don't know if the Wachowskis would be on board, but anyway. Yeah. You know, you know what would be cool in like a weird reality is if Lily was like, you know what? I think I could do five. And Lana was like, I don't want to do five. And then they did one more after that, six, and they directed it together. That would be pretty sweet. Would that be like weird? Because it is kind of like, I want to know what the other one would want to do. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. Um, but that's Matrix Resurrections. What? It's your ranking of these movies, Jordan. Oh. Um, I still put this at the bottom. But what's the rest of your rankings? I can't remember. what were, Did we rank them? We didn't because we had oh. this one to go. <laughs> what's yours? I. So this might be a just shiny new thing. A shiny new this thing. This can't be your favorite one. But I would. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this, but maybe later I will change my mind. But currently right now, how I feel is number... Uh, from least favorite to favorite, Matrix 3, Matrix 2, Matrix 4, The Matrix. I think for me, from least to great, Matrix 4, Matrix 2, Matrix 3, Matrix 1. Okay. Pretty different. Yeah, but I, I sort of feel like it, it is the kind of series where I could watch them again and be like, you know what? Revolutions is the second best. Yeah. Or I could bounce around because they're maybe the second one's my second favorite. They're all really good. Yeah, and I think a lot of it is misunderstood. If you don't like the sequels, that's okay. You don't have to. But I hope you enjoyed us ranting about how much we liked this new movie. Yeah, this movie has become the Wonder Woman of this year, where you're like not allowed to like it for some reason. Yeah, I guess. I mean, (laughs) the the more I talk about it and think about it, the more I like it. But I am only thinking of the parts I like, not the parts that I really didn't like. Yeah. There was a lot of things I didn't like about this movie. Yeah. Mainly the action. So what? it's not even close to the other ones to me for that reason uh, alone. And I, I, yeah, I think after like a year, if I were to watch all four, I, I don't think I'd put the fourth one as 
my second favorite. Yeah. You're just but a, right now. You're just you just like being excited about something, Mikey. You're like a dog. It's like a new shiny thing, and yeah, you just you're you're unabashedly excited about things. And and I just the the all the meta stuff about the industry and mm-hmm. about the Matrix franchise was so refreshing and so exciting as people who go to the movies twice a month. Like, that was just like, this is new. This is new, and this is exciting. So I love this movie. I would like them to make another one. I think that would be cool. If if the none of the Wachowskis are attached, then no. I yeah. say no. But um, we'll see. When yeah. it happens, we'll cover it. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling Warner Brothers might be like, we're going to do a limited HBO series now or something that costs them less money than $190 million. Mm-hmm. But thank you for listening to this episode. Mm-hmm. If you are listening to it, it's the brand new year. And if if you're a new listener, we are, we've been diving in Keanu. So we did Bill and Ted, we did The Matrix, and starting next week, we're jumping into John Wick. And so go along with the ride on us. This You reference our John Wick episode in this. Many times, yeah. Oh, okay. That's it's, it's a little well. They're gonna have to go back and re-listen. Okay. It's it's a you know a, a snake eating its own tail. Um, and then this Wednesday, the the Wednesday before this episode came out, um, our episode on nobody came out on our Patreon, and you can listen to that by going to Patreon.com/slash Micah McCaw and sign up for just three bucks to get an extra episode a month, and sometimes extra stuff too beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, Happy New Year. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for listening. We love you guys. We'll see you next week with John Wick. Bye.